You're listening to Faithful Adaptation, an audio series produced by Luther Seminary's Faith Lead, a connection hub for current and emerging faith leaders curious about big ideas and breakthrough practices for ministry. In this episode, recorded May 7th, 2020, Grace Pomroy will be talking about money in anxious times. I'm Grace Pomroy, and I am the very new director of the Stewardship Leaders Program. I joined just about a month ago, so this is a very new position for me. Um, I was at Luther about six years ago and worked in the Stewardship Leaders Program, and since then have worked in capital campaign consulting as well as as a financial educator. So I come to this topic today both from a congregational stewardship standpoint as well as from a financial educator context too. So if you've got questions related to that, I'm happy to dive into those today as well. As we were reflecting on the scripture, I thought it would be even more important for me, and then hopefully for all of us, maybe in our breakout groups, to recognize how we're coming into this conversation, how we've been shaped by our context, but particularly how we have been impacted by this economic time. Because I'm guessing of all of us on this webinar, even though we don't have a huge group, we've all been impacted in a very different way. I believe one of the reasons I chose this passage, and it was quite a few weeks ago that I chose it, was likely out of my own experience. I am someone who started a job in the midst of the pandemic. The same week that so many people were losing their jobs, I was just starting a job. Now this was a job that I had a job offer in line for a long time, it's not as if it just cropped up, but that has really shifted my perspective on the pandemic. As my husband and I are both working from home, we still have jobs and we definitely fall in the, those who are rich from a biblical sense category. And I'm guessing of everybody on this webinar, we're coming from different standpoints to that conversation. I hope as we finish those conversations in the breakout groups, that you'll be transparent as you'd like to be about what perspective you're bringing to the table as you have this conversation and what's going on inside the context in your mission setting. So to begin with, I wanna chat a bit about the language that's being used around the pandemic. I keep hearing again and again this language of being in the same boat. And while I really love that expression of unity, as I was just sharing, we have been hit by the pandemic in a variety of different ways. Some of us have been hit very hard in an economic perspective. Some of us may even be profiting off of the pandemic, not necessarily because you're a bad person, but think about those online giving portals like Tithely and Vanco. They have been profiting off of this because more churches have gone online and everything in between. Added to that perspective is the idea that we were all coming with a different level of preparedness for something like a pandemic. As someone who served in a financial educator role in the church, I am used to teaching pastors how to retire. And I can tell you that we all come with a different level of preparedness in terms of savings, but also in terms of budgeting too. I tend to like the phrase, I'm sure many of you have heard it, it's been going around, that we're not all in the same boat, but we're in the same storm. It still has some expression of unity, but it also allows us to reflect on the fact that we are all in very different situations in the midst of the storm that's going on. So let me kind of digress and go deeper into that metaphor as we look at how this might be impacting you and the people in your congregation. So first I wanna think about the people I'm guessing are most on your mind, which are the folks in the capsized boats. These are people who have experienced the full blow of the economic crisis. They may have lost jobs, their business may be on the brink of closing, their business has already closed. There's little to no support system to help them cope and they are flipped over and wandering in the ocean in the midst of this storm and they need help 
yesterday, as soon as possible. Then we have the folks in the storm. These are the folks who are bracing for impact, living day to day, focused on staying afloat, just trying to hold on to the bearings of their boat to keep and stay afloat. They may have had some support to back them up, they may not. Then we have the folks that are sitting in the rain. They see that storm up ahead. They felt a little bit of the impact, maybe their hours or their salary has been reduced, but mostly they're just feeling some sense of anxiety and asking themselves, when will it be me? Is that gonna be me next? Am I gonna be capsized? There's a lot of worry and anxiety. And then we have the folks on the other side. These folks are sitting in light rain, gray skies, maybe even sunny skies, watching the storm pass them by. They may be neutrally or even positively impacted by the pandemic, and for most of the people, the only real economic impact they've experienced is seeing their retirement accounts go down. Now, I'm guessing in some of your communities, you may have just one or two of these, but in many of them, you may have representations of all four, especially given the fact that the pandemic really has hit a variety of different contexts in entirely different ways. I would argue that all of these people need your help not just the folks in the capsized boats. Now they may need your help with in different times and in different amounts, but let's dive in. For those folks in the capsized boats, they're probably the easiest. These folks need a connection with essential financial resources and services, and they need it as soon as possible. I know you guys are great ministry leaders, so likely you've already got this part covered. You're working to connect those groups with the resources that they need. For those folks who are in the midst of the storm right now, they're bracing for impact. They're living day to day and they're focused on the present. I would argue that what they need from you most is permission to focus on the present. Going back to that first Timothy passage, talking about food and clothing. How do we focus on meeting our basic needs? And I'm guessing for some of them, they may need permission. They may be skipping some of their normal giving checks because they're focused on just being able to pay the bills. They may need permission to focus in on where they are right now and gain a sense of balance again. For those folks who are seeing the storm up ahead, this is a very sensitive group and I think it's really important that we pay attention to them. They're anxious and they're likely to move into a scarcity mindset. They're wondering when is it going to be me? These are folks who are likely to be hoarding resources. When they get in their stimulus check, they may not have bills they immediately need to apply it to. And they might have a tendency to say, I wanna save all of this, hold on to all of this, because I'm too afraid. These folks need a word of pastoral care, a realization of what they, what they of course can be worried about, but also what they might need to let go of, and a realization of the needs of their neighbors. And then of course we have the people who are watching the storm pass them by. Now this is a group that we might not have paid much attention to or we might have said, oh, well these are the folks that can help these other folks in the midst of the storm. We're gonna invite them to give to the congregation. We're gonna invite them to share with other resources. Bear in mind that these people may be experiencing survivor guilt. These people may be saying, wow, I have friends and neighbors and family who've been seriously impacted by this and here I am still having a job. I'm not sure how to help. Similar to those people with anxiety, survivor guilt can easily turn us in on ourselves. You can be so fearful of your own position and so honestly worried about what happened to others that you turn on your own situation because you feel bad about where you are in relationship to other people and you're afraid to share. I think for these people, they need a word to realize that guilt does not get them anywhere and that this is their call to love their neighbor, 
and maybe even some ways they can help. One idea I heard this week from Lord of Life in Maple Grove, Minnesota, that I really appreciated was this um, initiative called I Can Help. And it's designed particularly for those in the latter categories. And it's a fund where a third of the fund goes towards food pantries that they already have relationships with. A third of the fund goes towards people in that community at Lord of Life that are experiencing that economic capsized boat situation. And a third towards the church. I think what this does for those of us in that kind of light rain storm passing us by category is it gives us a way to help that doesn't just touch one category. Because for those who have some money to give away, the amount of need right now can feel overwhelming. So giving people some directives as to where that money might go to be at best use can be really helpful. So how do you go about framing this conversation if you're going to talk about money in anxious times? Here's my suggestion. How are we as people of faith called to use our money during this time? How are we as people of faith called to use our resources to love God and our neighbor? I especially like the word resources because it invites all of those people and all of those scenarios into the conversation. Because just because your boat has capsized economically doesn't mean you don't have other things to bring to the table. Now, what I'm encouraging you to do is not to give anyone financial advice. I'm a financial educator, I have an accreditation. This is not your job. You don't need to give people financial advice. This is about offering pastoral care and giving people a theological lens through which to see their money in the midst of an anxious and troubling time. The other thing I would make sure that you do is keep the conversation about asking for gifts to your congregation very separate from this conversation about faith and finances. If people feel like this is a bait and switch moment where they're talking about their money and their faith and they're getting comfortable with that and all of a sudden you ask them for a gift, it can feel like the only purpose of that conversation was to lift up the church's budget. So clarify from the outset that that's not what you're up to and then don't dare ask for money in the midst of that conversation. So how might you approach this in a small group? Here are a couple of questions. First, ask people, where are you on the spectrum? How have you been financially impacted by the pandemic? And encourage people to share as much or as little as they like. I think this is a great reminder for people that no matter where they are, they are not alone. Next, ask people, how has your idea of enough shifted? How has your idea of enough shifted. I don't know about you, but my idea of what enough means financially has changed to about 180 degrees in the midst of this pandemic. Things I thought had to be a part of our regular budget just aren't things that we need anymore. We're spending money on entirely different things. And this is really more about a mindset shift than numbers. Now, I'm guessing when you bring this up in a congregational context, people are going to want to zero in. What's the number of enough that works for everyone? Is it $30,000? Is it a certain amount of money you have to have every month? What does it look like? I encourage people to walk away from that conversation because the number is going to look different for everyone. But instead, to focus on a couple different things. Number one, to reframe their vision to remember that God is the owner. When we think about our money as mine, mine that I have earned, it really begins to change our vision because then we want to be a little bit more stingy with it. We want to hold it close because I've earned this and those other people, they didn't earn it and they don't deserve it. But when we remember that God is the owner of all that we have and all that we are, and we ask, what can we do? with what is God's, it begins to shift the conversation. 
to begin to allow us to move out to our neighbor in a new way. If you're finding that the word enough is a tricky one for your congregation, the word sufficiency also tends to work well too. And I think that tends that tends to open people up to a few more possibilities. Enough tends to have more of a negative connotation, I think. The next thing I invite people to consider is what ways have you found to connect your faith and your finances in the midst of the pandemic? Now, faith can often be a tricky word for people depending on your context. Some people may wanna talk about faith and other people may say, I, I don't really know where God fits in with my finances, especially if you've never had a conversation like this before. If you're finding people are getting stuck Lean into values instead. What ways have you found to connect your values and your finances? And I'm guessing from the values that people bring up, it'll be pretty easy to redirect that into a conversation about faith and finances as well. Now, what you might find when you ask this question for the first time is everyone wants to talk about giving, ways that they have given, especially to causes that your congregation has blessed, whether that's your congregation itself or a food pantry that you're connected with, everyone wants to be seen as giving the right answer when it comes to this question. Encourage people to break the mold, and you can do this especially in the examples that you give. Whenever I use this with an audience, I often will give an example that's a way that my husband and I have spent money, a way that we have saved money, or a way we have acquired money, a way that we've brought money into our life. I think that allows people to see that a variety of expressions of money, the way we spend, the way we save, the way we give, and the way we acquire, can all be expressions of how we express our faith and love our neighbor. So here's an example. Um, I live in downtown Minneapolis in the North Loop, which is a very entrepreneur-rich area. And what my husband and I have really felt called to do with our stimulus checks, yes, we are giving a portion of it away, but much of it we're keeping aside in a bank account so we can spend money on our local entrepreneurs, many of whom are on the brink of closing. And we're trying to use as many ways as we can, our money, our influence on social media, our time and other ways to lift up these entrepreneurs. In fact, my husband even went over to one of his favorite stores and helped them to fold their clothes as they had their shipments coming in the other day because all of the staff were furloughed and he couldn't afford to bring them on again. Help people think of ways to connect beyond just giving. And remember, there are no right answers here. And I think saying that from the outset is really helpful. If you're looking for some help in getting the conversation started, um, one resource I'd point you to is called Growing Through Disaster. It's a book by Clayton Smith and Matt Schoenfield. And I feel like it was written for this moment, although funny enough, um, no one obviously could have seen the pandemic coming. And this resource came out um, a little while ago before the pandemic started. It's meant to help people grow through trauma. So they use a lot of examples of hurricanes and other trauma events, tornadoes, that natural disasters that have happened. The first part of the book talks about trauma, but the second half of the book talks about how to rebuild your economic life after you've gone through a traumatic experience. And the back of the book has a bunch of small groups with a bunch of questions and conversation topics. It really is a guide that you can use. And there are six different sessions that they map out for you. So there should be plenty of questions for you to choose from. Now, hopefully after the pandemic at some point, if you can get people warmed up to the idea of talking about money, you might even offer a faith and finances class. Now there are a variety of different resources you could use. I can certainly answer that if people are curious about it. Um, but I really would suggest waiting on having a faith and finances class, maybe even a little bit until people can finally get their bearings again. Because likely those folks that are in the midst of the storm are so focused on getting their daily 
payments out, you know, their rent check, their utility check out the door, that they're not even going to be able to engage in this way. But again, you know your context and you'll know the best timing. As I end here, I just want to remind you that really the role of the pastor and ministry leader here is to be a resource bank. Know what resources are available, and if you're getting stumped in any case, you can always feel free to reach out to me at the Stewardship Leaders Program. I would love to try to help you think of resources that might be a good fit, but particularly looking for resources in your community that you can connect people with. The other thing I would encourage you to do again, not to give advice, but to really be a better question asker. Not what should we do, but what might God be calling us to do? What might our lens of faith say about the way we use our money? So I think I'll stop there. I have plenty of stuff to go on, but I'd love to hear any questions you guys have or reflections on what I shared. Oh, and thanks, Ben, for putting that link in there. I have, I have one, just one question. Um, have you heard or what, what have you heard um, being some, some themes or some new relevant kind of questions coming out from, from preaching topics? I mean, how are people preaching about money these days? Uh, is it just a sort of afterthought or are they going hard on the building empathy for everyone in different places in the storm? Um, what have you seen? So I have to be frank with you that I have not seen much on preaching around money. I think people have been a little bit afraid of the topic, but I'd love to hear if others are seeing this. I'm guessing that a little bit later in the progression is when we're gonna see some of that pop up. Uh, that being said, I was a part of a, it's not a preaching moment, but I was a part of one congregation's podcast recently that was just talking about what people should do with their stimulus checks. So I think if you're looking for something to grab onto, grab onto a specific item. So they were grabbing onto that stimulus check saying, how does a person of faith use this check? And had four different voices um, from across the Minneapolis area, business owner, me as a financial educator, someone from their congregation who was on their board, just answering this question from a holistic standpoint where there wasn't a right answer. There was no rubric given for what you should do. Mm -hmm.